podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. And we are back. The Bosco's boys are up in North Kansas City once again. The boys are back, and as always, we are sponsored to you by my bookie, and they are now officially the sponsor of Beer of the Pod. Remember, my bookie, you win, you get paid if you use promo code CHAIR. That is all caps, C-H-A-I-R. You get a 100% deposit bonus match up to $1,000. And I tell you what, if you're putting all that money on the Kansas City Chiefs, like I did on Sunday, you have a nice little payday. How about them Chiefs? And then also if you parlay them with, you know, the Cats, if you would have done a Chiefs-Cat parlay on the cover Saturday, Sunday, you would probably have enough money to buy the naming rights and we'd no longer be Bosco's boys. We'd be whatever the hell you wanted us to be. But uh, if you're going to do your illegally, illegal gambling, doing it over at MyBookie, like I said, they are sponsoring Beer of the Pod. I have a delicious wit beer from up here in North Kansas City Cinder Block Brewing. Woo, man, I've been here a while, so I've had a couple. So uh, forgive my slur there. So uh, I say we just kind of get right into it. Uh, Wildcat Roundup, as always, presented by K-State Online. They're going to help us out with some uh, basketball recruiting. Matt Hall is our guy for both basketball and football recruiting this week. Uh, So as we've been telling you guys now for two weeks, K-State is sitting on a pair of rivals, top 150 guys, uh, Nigel Pack and Luke Kusupki. Kasupki, one day I'm going to get it right. Before he graduates, I will be able to say Kasupki without hesitation. Um, And they're trying to figure out who's going to be that third guy. Uh, I don't know if you were on Twitter at all this week, but Selton Miguel and Jethro Masandin were both tweeting about their visit recently. And it looks like Bruce and the coaching staff are also following up with them and visiting with them this week during the evaluation period. Uh, Miguel said to Grant Flanders over on K-State Online that K-State was recruiting him harder than any other school, which I love to hear. Um, Ty Berry was also in town last week. He's an in-state get on an unofficial. And Rondell Walker, who went to Oklahoma State instead of K-State, may not be worth ignoring quite yet. We might be able to get him up for a visit. Uh, I tell you what, talking about recruiting in basketball is a ton of fun seeing these guys Bruce is going after. Yeah. Um, Kasubke just went off the other day, those top 150 like 50 guys. points? Uh, 50 points, 10 threes. Um, it's looking like uh, we might actually have a sharpshooter coming in this year. Uh, it's been mentioned a couple of times in the last couple of classes, guys like Brian Patrick, even Mike McGurl, that they could fill it up from the outside, and we haven't quite seen that yet. Kasubke might actually be that guy. I'm hoping so. Uh, any guy who's able to get 50 points in one of those showcase events, uh, yeah. you know, that's going to be a score. Uh, um, M- fo- Miguel ahead. and Masandin, um seemingly those visits went very well um particularly it seems like Selton Miguel seems to be interested in the Cats 
more more so than at least I thought so, and maybe those are just words that he's saying, but um, the reports from Grant Flanders have me feeling pretty high on him. Could you imagine what the class would be looking like if both of those four stars joined up with Kasupki and Pack? It would be very nice. I mean, yes, we only have one open scholarship, but I think – I mean, when's the last time K-State had a year where an eligible player didn't leave early, um, like transfer? I would have to look back. But like, that's, I, that's, I literally don't think it's ever happened. That's proof to that it's probably been a while. Yeah, so I, I think if you, if you get those two guys, then you probably will be able to lock down the recruiting for 2020, move to 2021. But until then, I say, you know, damn the torpedoes and keep going after 2020 kids. Um Football recruiting, uh, a lot of 2021 offers have gone out this week. One of the biggest ones, and he was up for a visit over the weekend. 2021 offensive tackle Bo Stevens. Uh, he's an in-state kid. K-State saw him multiple times over the summer uh, at different camps, and he came up to Manhattan. Uh, the competition's going to be tough going after him, but that's going to be a name to watch for 2021. Um, Johnny Walker visited, and I actually saw him at Tallgrass Tap House when I was with the KSO show on Friday. He ended up going out to Washington State, but it's sounding like that was probably all parties were okay with it. I think maybe after the visit, the coaching staff and Mr. Walker probably decided that that's probably for the best for both parties. Yeah, it's a good time to follow K-State recruiting right now. Both, yeah. both, both major sports. Exactly, and there will be no visits this week, obviously, because Mississippi State, it's an away game. I'll be interested to see what they do during the bye week because Bill Steiner notoriously wouldn't let his guys go out and recruit during bye weeks because he kind of sucked. Um, Very interesting tactics there. Let's yes. transition to some women's sports uh, soccer on their California road trip. Um, they continue to struggle. They got a 0-0 versus Cal State Northridge, and then they fell 0-2 against Cal State Fullerton. This week they come home to Booster Family Park to play Gonzaga at 7 p.m. And on Sunday, 1 p.m. versus Tulsa. Both games you can watch on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. Plus. Hopefully they get some goals. And much better from the volleyball girls. Um, we were... Pretty nervous about that K-State Invitational after a slow start. Um, but, you know, they started two sets down to Clemson, and they rallied back in 1-3-2, and they followed it up by beating Omaha 3-2 and Central Arkansas 3-1. Yeah, it brings them up to 4-2 and two on the season. Uh, we were nervous about them last week, um, especially with, you know, the announcement of the new volleyball facility. You'd love to see the program build some momentum over the next few years so when they open that up, they can get back to competing at the upper end of the Big 12. Um, they will be going out to Missouri State this weekend for the MSU Fall Invitation. I guess it's not even the weekend because Thursday at 6 p.m. they're playing the host. The, uh, they're just the Bears. It's not even the Bearcats or anything fun, just the Missouri State Bears. Um, 6 p.m., you can see that on ESPN+. Plus. The rest of the games, uh, Friday doubleheader noon and 7 p.m. against Weber State and Dayton, respectively. No TV. You'll have to stream it on the radio with K-Man. Um, Coach Kleiman's press conference, uh, no nothing too crazy, but it's fun to listen to a press conference and hear a coach not try to filibuster, talking slow in his opening statement to try to run out the clock. Um, he, he really said he was excited for this Mississippi State game. 
called it a measuring stick that was much needed for this team. That seems to be the vibe around Kansas City sports talk, even some Big 12, you know, talking heads about this truly being a measuring stick. When you hear that comment, do you does that rub you the wrong way almost seem like it's devaluing the first two or are you on board with it like saying yeah you know let's truly see how good a team we could really be um it's probably about 70 percent agree and 30 percent disagree um or not disagree but get a little bit annoyed by that um but because you know all the way up to this point we have looked at we've looked outstanding and there's not a lot to nitpick but it, it, it is going to be a measuring stick game for us we're going to learn a lot this weekend um, this is our first true test the competition is going to be much steeper on the road at an SEC school and you know I'm I for one cannot wait because we're going to learn a ton about every single player even players that I think have been really really good Skylar Thompson he's going to be kind of thrown into the fire a little bit so it's going to be interesting to see how they react it's going to be really interesting to see how the coaches react when you know if we do see some adversity and hell maybe we won't maybe we'll just go roll and yeah. we, will ha- we won't have much to talk about. Coach Kleiman, I didn't even have it in the uh, kind of roundup of the uh, press conference, but he, he kind of laughed because someone brought up, well, what will the team look like when they face adversity? He was like, well, I mean, maybe we won't. How fun would it be to go through a season where you didn't have to face any adversity? And he kind of chuckled. Um, but he definitely will uh, face it. They There are a couple questions asked about, you know, how this – football team they're not very explosive we've had like one big long touchdown run but almost all the touchdowns have been on sustained drives um he said it was going to be more difficult to do that versus mississippi state but he made a point i don't know if it's mind games i don't know what his angle was but he made sure to say everything's more difficult on the road and almost kind of deflecting it from being a mississippi state thing but to a road team thing um, I, I think I think that's the right way to go about it. I don't think he was being advertly, you know, disrespectful of Mississippi State, but it's almost a signal to the guys saying, "Hey, you know, it's not about them. It's because we have to take this show on the road." Um, I don't know. I I, I like it. I mean, I, I like the little bit of swagger. Maybe not backhand comment, but you know, it was it was an interesting way that he phrased that. I think uh, Coach Kleiman is very smart, and he knows how to speak in the public setting regarding his team. <laughs> um, but I do agree with him, and I think our third down conversion rate is going to take a bit of a hit. We could use some explosive plays this weekend. It's going to be harder to, sus- to sustain drives. We're not just going to be moving the ball at will. At least I, that's, I predict that we won't. <laughs> Maybe we will. But um, I hope I'm eating these words later. But um, he also preached um, that, you know, you don't think about Saturday on Tuesday, and he's just just hammering that stack days once again and just keeping with that steady ship. And I, I love what he's doing. He's building that culture, and he's really hammering that into the guys that, you know, we got to work hard every single day. And he just – it's got to be it's, – it's definitely a diff, more difficult task this week to not look ahead to Saturday as compared to the first two weeks when you got, you know, probably a game that you've had circled for a year as a player in your head to try to flip that switch and just focus on today. So I think he's done a great job in that respect too. Yeah, and if you can truly get the players to buy into the don't think about Saturday on a Tuesday, just worry about improving on Monday and then Wednesday, improving on your Tuesday and truly stacking good days, the results are going to be there. 
Um, that's a perfect way to look at things. Now, I think we'll get a picture on Saturday to see if that's truly, you know, what they were able to do. Um, another thing, I, I thought it was interesting because he was asked about Van Malone being on Mississippi State staff last year and if it'll give the, you know, the team any sort of ideas. He did say, hey, he knows what to tell the players of what to expect playing a game in their stadium. He has an idea about personnel, but then he made a point to also bring up Isaiah Zuber and say that, hey, you know, they have him as well. He's going to be able to tell them about our player groupings, about our substitution uh, patterns. But did, again, kind of throw a small little, not advertly disrespectful jab, but says, hey, he doesn't know exactly how our playbook works because he wasn't practicing this spring before he up and left. So, again, not advertly disrespectful. He said that he enjoyed interacting with him when he did get to. But, again, it's the small little, you know, things that you really need to be looking for with a microscope uh, that really makes his press conference fun. And we've seen it firsthand before we got to sit down with him. He knows every little thing that is said about him and his team, yeah. and he'll never forget it. Do you think that there is any actual uh, advantage in Mississippi State's side having Zuber? I, I can't imagine that well, I mean, much it, is going to translate it, over it, from it Isaiah Zuber. It depends on like, if he has like a physical playbook, if he has right. anything like that, and then if he does, like, were there any hard copies of talking about, like, hey, this is a third down package. Hey, this is, like, the plays we want to be. I doubt it because strategy isn't really input as much in the spring as much as it is in game prep. So I think it. I think he probably has a little bit more than what uh, Coach Kleiman was leading on. I don't think it's a crazy advantage, but I don't – I think I think there is a little bit there. But yeah. Speaking of strategy, he Kleiman says they're not going to prep any differently based on who the Miss, Mississippi State quarterback is. Um, Mississippi State starting quarterback took a little bit of a knock uh, late last week, and it, we could see an injured starter or a true freshman. So that is one one possible advantage in the Cats' corner. Um, and they've been practicing with simulated noise all week, which is not new by no. any stretch. But it was I wonder how do you simulate a cowbell? Well, I mean, I'm sure they could. They have like tracks of them. But he mentioned that would jet, be hilarious. Yeah, he he mentioned jet noise, and he, I, and I understand that journalists need to ask the questions. Yeah, but I think I I don't remember who it was, but they phrased it well coach Snyder used jet noise for prep for away games do you do anything he of course he does stuff like yeah and, and he pointed out that they were doing it all fall because he makes the defense yeah. practice with it for home games because you know rowdy Bill Snyder family stadium you know so they have to get used to making their defensive calls in it anyway so I, I thought it was kind of like I understand why I was asked but I was, I was like make you roll on, your really? eyes a little bit yeah, um, they're hoping White Hubert can play, and I think they also mentioned Jonathan Durham uh, hopefully being able to play. Walter Neal wasn't even brought up, so I think we're just using that as a foregone conclusion that he's going to play. Um, and then also asked about true freshmen. They played 11 of them, had high praise for Jackson Ean, also mentioned Joshua Youngblood, but he circled back to Jacks multiple times. So I think every week that goes on, I think you're going to see him integrated more and more into being the starter, and Mason Barta will take kind of that reserve role. 
He said five to six true freshmen are in the game plan this week. Um, he didn't name each one individually, but I do think it'll be interesting, and this information will be at K-State Online when they get it, to know what the travel roster is and see who gets left behind because in away games, there are rules and regulations of how many guys you can take. Um, he wrapped up the press conference just heaping praise on Skylar Thompson again about how calm and composed he is, not getting ahead of himself, pleased at how level-headed he is and not and just going about his game prep the way he wants him to. I think we're almost getting to the point where it, we won't even have to make note of good things said about Skylar, and maybe we're past that point. But again, just so great to hear a coach backing the quarterback, and it's not shocking to hear about how level-headed he's been prepping for this game because I think Skylar truly is that prof- well, not professional, but you know, you know what I mean. He knows how to handle his business uh, like a pro. So, yeah, uh, good to hear and not shocking at all. I'll be very interested to see how Skyler plays this weekend. You know, I'm sure it's not going to be as flawless as we have seen. But, you know, we've seen him on the road thriving at number 10 Oklahoma State. It was probably maybe his best game in a K-State uniform. You know, we've seen him thrown into the fire at Texas Tech on the road. In, you saw him kick in, Iowa State's ass for three quarters last year. In, exactly. In the most um, pressure-packed situation at Texas Tech, he just comes in and wins the game um, in overtime. So we know he can handle playing on the road. I, I don't have much reservation with how he's going to play this week. Um, I will be interested to see how he responds in tough situations and if he can dig the team possibly out of a hole or out of a bad um, you know, just game situation. So it'll be it'll be fun to see. I'm excited. I agree with you. Um, that's going to wrap up Wildcat Roundup. Uh, now it's time to get into our game primers, and nothing gets you primed for sexual intercourse <laughs> like BlueChew.com. It's you true. You know them. You love them. BlueChew is the first chewable uh, that has the FDA-approved active ingredients that you see in Viagra and Cialis, those pills that are advertised to old men watching the Major League Baseball playoffs. Yeah, you can take them any time, day or night, full stomach or empty. Uh, since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Exa- Chew is sorry. Blue no, Chew fine, is uh, prescribed I, I, I online. Just get excited about it. Yeah, I mean, you get excited because you got the Blue Chew in your in your bloodstream. Exactly. Um, they ship straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person doctor visit. No waiting in the pharmacy. And best of all, no more awkwardness. So head over to Blue Chew, and what are you going to do? You're going to enter promo code Armchair. That's the full armchair. Capitals only. A R M C H A I R. You'll just pay $5 shipping for your first month. You know, I hear it's, you know, way more common than guys like to talk about. So head over to Blue Chew if you need a little bit of pep in your step when you're going back to the boom, boom room. (laughs) So, again, BlueChew.com armchair for your free taste. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping. Um, Two great primers this week. Repping Mississippi State for uh, from the Clarion Ledger, their beat writer Tyler Horka. I've seen him retweeted and you know kind of publicized a lot by the K State media. He is one of the premier journalists covering Mississippi State, and uh, basically the polar opposite. Not a pol- not a great journalist, <laughs> but a great personality. Mason Voth 
from the game over on 1350. These two dudes are going to give you great primers, and uh, when we get back from them, we will have our keys to V. We'll be back. Hello, everybody. I'm Tyler Horka of the Jackson Clarion Ledger, and I am the Mississippi State Athletics beat writer for the Clarion Ledger. This is your Week 3 college football primer for the Kansas State Wildcats versus the Mississippi State Bulldogs at Davis Wade Stadium in Starkville, Mississippi. Mississippi State season really got started before it even kicked off against the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns a few weeks ago in the Superdome. It started when Mississippi State received a graduate transfer by the name of Tommy Stevens, who is now the starting quarterback for the Bulldogs. Stevens was the backup to Trace McSorley at Penn State for a few seasons, and his offensive coordinator there for two of those years was Joe Moorhead, who is now the head coach at Mississippi State. Stevens followed Moorhead to Mississippi State. Obviously, their relationship is pretty solid, and that has been the case on the field for the Bulldogs so far through two games this year. Stevens is 20 of 40 for 341 yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Most of those stats came against Louisiana in that season opener, with the Bulldogs pulling out a 38-28 victory. Obviously, Mississippi State took care of what it needed to on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, giving up 28 points to Louisiana was not what Moorhead and company was expecting, nor was it what odds makers in Vegas were expecting. Mississippi State was a 21-point favorite in that game, only won by 10. Mississippi State tried to regroup and come home last week to face the Southern Miss Golden Eagles, and they played a, a better football game on both sides of the ball. They won 38-15. Stevens was 9 of 10 for 105 yards and two touchdowns. He completed his first nine passes of the game before leaving the game with a shoulder injury. His status against Kansas State is up in the air. It is not sure if Stevens will be able to start. He was replaced against Southern Miss by a true freshman by the name of Garrett Schrader, who played pretty well. He was a serviceable backup. He was 7 of 11 for 71 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. If Stevens is not available to go, Schrader will probably be the guy. Either way, the strength of this Mississippi State team is its running game. As balanced as Mississippi State has been, if there is a go-to player on that side of the ball, it is Kylan Hill, who rushed for 217 yards when Mississippi State beat Kansas State in Manhattan last year. This year, Kylan Hill has 340 yards that leads the SEC. Last week, he had a Superman-like hurdle over a Southern Miss Golden Eagle, and it was all over Twitter. It was all over ESPN. You've probably seen it. If you haven't, you might want to go check that out because you're going to be seeing a lot of number eight running around against the Kansas State Wildcats this week. On the other side of the ball, like I said, there were some questions raised about a Mississippi State defense that was one of the best defenses in the country a year ago. That is not going to be the case this year. It lost seven of the starters that made it one of the best defenses from, from last year. This year, there are four new starters on the defensive line up front. Obviously, Kansas State likes to run the ball, and it does so almost better than anyone else in the country, averaging almost 350 yards per game. Kansas State is going to be able to go right at Mississippi State's younger players on the defensive line. Mississippi State's linebackers are pretty good, led by Errol Thompson and Leo Lewis, if the, the Kansas State runners get to the second level. But, you know, that is a very good possibility because Mississippi State's defensive linemen, they're young, they're inexperienced, and they're just not what they were a season ago. They're not Jeffrey Simmons-type players. They're younger, they're, they don't have the experience that Simmons had, and quite frankly, they're probably just not as good as Simmons was. So that's going to be the matchup to watch. That's probably the most important 
factor of this game is how will Mississippi State's defense stack up against a Kansas State offense that likes to run the ball, get downhill with a lot of different ball carriers. As far as all that goes, and with all of that said, I don't think it matters much whether it's Stevens or Schrader or even junior Keaton Thompson, who was in the transfer portal a couple weeks ago for Mississippi State and is back with the team now. You, you could even see Thompson if Stevens is not available to go. I don't think the quarterback for Mississippi State matters all too much in this game. Mississippi State's offense looks balanced enough to produce points no matter who is running the show. Obviously, if you're a Mississippi State fan, you prefer it be Stevens, given the way he's played through two games this year. But I think the more intriguing matchup, like I said, is on the other side of the ball. Can Mississippi State stop a Kansas State offense that's going to try to run right at it? The answer is probably not, but maybe just enough. I think Mississippi State's going to score enough points, and it's going to get the one or two, maybe three stops it needs to stay ahead of Kansas State. I predict it to be a 34-28 to 28 victory for the home team. Obviously, Mississippi State won by three touchdowns last year in this game. It's not going to be that wide of a margin this time around. I think Mississippi State gets it done, but it's going to be pretty close. If you want to follow my coverage leading up to the game, follow me on Twitter, at TBHorka. That's at T-B-H-O-R-K-A. And you can also find all of my work on the Clarion Ledger's feed. That's C-L-A-R-I-O-N-L-E-D-G-E-R. Again, that's part of the USA Today Network. Look for my stuff, and I hope you guys enjoy the ball game on Saturday. It should be a good one. I'm Mason Vogt from KMAN. I'm the co-host of the game with John Kurtz and Mitch Fortner. And we're going to get to talk about some K-State football this weekend. Now, first, I do want to start off by saying I'm contractually obligated to throw in at least one bad word to get this show its explicit rating. So, shit's going to go down in Starkville this weekend. That's for sure. Some of the reasons behind that, well, that's because K-State looks like the best team in the country through two weeks of the football season. You dominate Nichols, a team that, you know, is going to be a decent FCS team, and you just smack Bowling Green. You make them feel really bad. They want to cry after the game. Not a good look for them. Poor Bowling Green. But anyways, Cats looking really good. And going into this one, I think one of the big things that people are talking about is Wyatt Hubert. A little dinged up after that game against Bowling Green. It would appear that he's in the concussion protocol at this point. If he plays, that's a pretty big deal for K-State. They're going to be able to have three defensive ends that you feel confident or, or at least known commodities that you have seen do something. Other than that, I think the big thing that a lot of people have gotten maybe too focused on this week when talking about K-State and Mississippi State is the fact that last year, K-State looked terrible. They got beat 31-10. to It wasn't even that close. But I think that's kind of a wash for this season because K-State's playing with confidence this year. Last year, they only had one game before Mississippi State, and they barely survived against South Dakota. This year, they're coming off of two blowout victories. The offense looks like the best offense we've seen at K-State since, you know, pre-Jesse Ertz getting hurt two plays into the game and Joe Huebner taking over. And I, I, on top of that, I just think K-State has a coaching staff that has given some more energy to the team, and they're going to reciprocate that by doing some big things and things we didn't expect. And I just think the way things have blown up through the first two games, 
make things look really well. Last week's game kind of hit on it earlier. 52-0, K-State just absolutely dominant in their win over Bowling Green. And Skylar Thompson, not much you can say about Pimp Juice except, you know, he's kind of the best player in the country right now. That's not even hyperbole. Number one QBR through two weeks of the college football season, even better than Jalen Hurts. And he's only had to throw the ball 13 times last week, completed 10 of those, 151 yards and two touchdowns. The two touchdowns are really exciting because both of them were caught by Malik Knowles. He had five catches for 99 yards, and both of the touchdowns were crazy impressive. But to me, offensively, my thing that's been the most interesting is the running back situation. I would have expected K-State to be fine on the ground. The coaches seemed to have a pretty good game plan of what was going to go on there throughout the season. But the fact that James Gilbert in back-to-back games has been able to go over 100 yards with splitting carries pretty evenly with two, three other backs on the team is really impressive to me. And I don't expect anybody to go over, you know, 80 yards a person for K-State this week at Mississippi State. But I think we're seeing just how good they can be, and it's going to help K-State to have a change of pace, get some guys some rest against the Mississippi State Bulldogs in this one. Another thing that I think are going to be very interesting leading up to this game and also after this game are what the expectations continue to be for this K-State team. I think things have skyrocketed from thinking, eh, this team... Five and seven is probably where they stand. If they have a good year, they get to six and six. But already at two and zero, oh, just counting real quick, the teams that we know K State is better than in the Big Twelve. We already know that they're better than KU and West Virginia, and I think they're better than TCU at this point in time. Nothing TCU showed in their lone game this season has made me think that they're better than K State. Texas Tech, I'm not very sure that they're better than K-State. So that's four right there. K-State already has four games right in front of them that can make them bowl eligible. And the best part about that is three of those four, or two of those four are at home, and the other two are places that K-State was able to win the last time they visited those places on the road. When If K-State wins this game, which I think is a very strong possibility, You start to look at seven wins, maybe even eight wins. It would take a perfect storm, but K-State kind of has that in front of them if they're able to take advantage of this. And I'm not normally the guy that's about pumping sunshine, but this K-State team has me excited. This is the most excited I think somebody could be about a K-State football season since that K-State team in 2014 that if they beat Baylor, they get a co-share of the Big 12 title. I think one of the other things to look for in this game against Mississippi State is the offensive line. How important they'll be in this one just to hold their own. They don't have to be dominant, and a couple of guys can get by and maybe, you know, force you to throw a ball away or even see Skyler get sacked every once in a while. But they just need to do their job and at least hold up enough so K-State can get some of these big chunk plays we haven't been able to see in the past, and I think K-State's going to be willing to take some more shots when it comes on that. So I'm going to count the offensive line as one group, one key player in this ballgame. On the flip side of that, I think one of the big things is going to be Trey Deshaun, a guy in the middle of the defensive line. If he's able to get through there, especially if White Hubert is out, it's going to be important for K-State up the middle, not just to get pressure on the quarterback, but also try and stop the running game of Mississippi State. But when it comes down to everything I already alluded to, I thought K-State has a strong chance to win this one. I think they get the job done. I think K-State wins this thing 27-23. And again, I just am a little high on the Cats right now, and there's no problem with that. But I'm Mason Both, News Radio KMAN, co-host of the game. You can follow me on Twitter at the Real Mason V. And as mentioned earlier, 
I'm contractually obligated to say at least a couple of curse words when I'm on this show, so I can't say anything too terrible, but ain't nobody stopping our ass. That's going to wrap up our primers, and we are going to get into our Keys to V, which are sponsored by our friends over at the Alma Creamery. Guys, the Alma Creamery is a Kansas State-proud, family-owned business located in the Flint Hills of Kansas. Since 1946, the Alma Creamery has been making handcrafted cheddar and jack cheeses using local Kansas farmers' milk. The Creamery provides many different products, ranging from cheese curds to five-pound blocks, as well as cheese trays, which are perfect for any game day. The all-natural cheese curds come in several different flavors, including pepper jack, garlic, dill, Mediterranean, buffalo, and more. The Creamery is conveniently located three miles south off of I-70, exit 328 in Alma, Kansas. Stop by, see the Alma Creamery for all the cheesy tailgate needs, and remember to tell them that the Bosco's boys sent you. Now it's time for our keys to V. And Scott, I'm just going to jump right into it. I've got the first one. And I'm saying this weekend the Cats need to be resilient and play with composure. Uh, we're going to be tested in this game, and things are not, things will be uncomfortable at some point. So we're going to need to act like we've been there before, roll with the punches, because um, things simply will not come as easily, easily as they did in the first two games. You know, we're facing an away crowd in the SEC. We've got a really, really tough running back to go against. Um, and at some point, things are going to go Mississippi State's way. The crowd's going to get rowdy, and we need to respond accordingly and not crumble under pressure. Yeah, I think that's a great one, and you could copy and paste them for almost every away game except for maybe KU when you have you know half the stadium in purple. Uh, but this being the first one and being versus a you know, top 25 coaches poll or AP poll, I forget which one they're top 25 in, uh, caliber-type team, a team that really took you to the woodshed in your own stadium last year, being able to take that first punch on the chin and say, all right, not this year, and respond. That's something they didn't do last year. And they had opportunities to do it last year. They had opportunities to answer, and they failed to do that. So being able to do that this year will be massive. Um, my first one, and I hope this doesn't like come back. I, I hope I don't have to give this an A. Uh, <laughs> And then also have it coupled with us getting our ass kicked. But I put in here, and again, it's a little bit risky, but force Mississippi State's quarterback, whoever it is, to beat you. Sell out on stopping Kalen Hill and the Mississippi State rushing attack and force Tommy Stevens to beat you with his hurt shoulder or the true freshman Garrett Schrader to make plays and beat you. You know, this is probably the worst wide receiver core you're going to play this year, except for maybe KU and West Virginia, depending on how you grade them out. Um, so I, I want to force them to make plays. You know, I, 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 I have questions about Walter Neal. Um, I have questions about uh, McPherson, J-Mac. But A.J. Parker is a legitimately good cornerback. I'm fine with letting him be, you know, single coverage bringing the linebackers in, bringing the safeties in, sell out to stop the run and to pressure the quarterback and make them make the correct throw. They're tall, yes, but if you're in, in their cage, if you're hitting them in the mouth, he's not going to put it in their catch radius anyway. So that's what I want to do, and I hope I don't have to eat that key hmm. to V later. 
But I feel confident that if you if you do that, we will come out with the W. Key to V number three, get takeaways. That's the recipe for upsets and winning on the road. You know, we need to find ways to be disruptive, earn extra possessions. Um, it's huge for our game plan with time of possession, and it will be huge for, you know, a momentum factor as well on the road in this one. Um, turnovers create momentum, especially in college, um, and I think they're going to be crucial this weekend. And the perfect inverse of that is protect the football. Mississippi State in week one in their close win over Louisiana intercepted the ball once, forced and recovered three fumbles, and then last week versus Southern Miss, uh, twice they forced fumbles, recovering one, and got an interception, got two interceptions. So they, they hunt for the ball, and, you know, if K-State's going to pull this off, to couple with your get turnovers, they they can't be giving extra position, possessions to Mississippi State. So I, I have a good feeling that if all four of those keys, if we're in, you know, B to A, we might be pulling this upset off. Yeah, and I think Mississippi State has either the or one of the longest nation's uh, turnover streaks Enforcing turnovers. I think that's 18 straight games where they've forced a turnover. So they're we like, are going to have to protect the ball. They're like 30 or maybe not 30, but like the longest streak in the nation for holding an opponent under, under. 30. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it, it will be interesting. It's a good defense, even though they graduate a lot of draftees. Um, it's a good defense. It's going to be a great, uh, great challenge. Speaking of a great challenge, again, sponsored by my bookie, our game predictions. We are now doing 15 games a week, uh, and if you want to pick winners, go to mybookie.com or, or .ag, use promo code CHAIR, get your deposit match up to 1,000. Last week, everyone went 11-4, and four, uh, so I wasn't able to pick any games up on you and the Boneheads, and this is one of the worst slates of college football <laughs> maybe in the history of the world, um, so I don't know if we're going to have a ton different. But we will see. We will go through it. Um, remember, Boneheads, if you want in on this, make sure to vote in the Twitter poll that will go live every Sunday. First game, Friday Night Lights, September 30th, ACC Network. KU goes to Boston College. Boneheads, 93% picking Boston College. I, too, am going to Boston College. And I tell you what, if you hold the Chanticleers to only 12 points and lose, I don't think you're winning again this year. I'm going Boston College as well. I think KU's a pretty hapless squad. Yeah, I don't think they win another one. Um, speaking of maybe not winning another one, mm-hmm. granted they still have to play each other. Saturday, September 14th, NC State. It is in Morgantown, uh, so they will have the home field advantage, but the Boneheads, 85% NC State. I'm also going with NC State. It's going to be a rough year for Neil Brown. I I'm hoping that – his leash is short and he gets fired from <laughs> West Virginia because I think he's a good coach. I do too. I just don't want him to get the time to build the program back up. I knew West Virginia would be bad, but they're much, much worse than I anticipated. I've got NC State as well. All right. Next one, Saturday, September 14th, 2.30 ESPN2, Oklahoma State at Tulsa. Uh, clean sweep, I believe. Oklahoma State, 91% for the Boneheads. You're not picking the Golden Hurricanes, are you? Oklahoma State. All right, here's one where things might get interesting. Over on Big Ten Network, 
TCU, their second game of the year after struggling a little bit more with Arkansas Pine Bluff than folks would have thought. Uh, this is, uh, what time is it? 6.30, Big Ten Network. Boneheads, 55% TCU going on the road. Not me. I'm saying boiler up, boiler makers win. They had high hopes before they got upset by Nevada week one. I think this game gets the Boilermakers back on track and TCU uh, starts to wallow just a little bit. Not too exciting between the two of us now. I'm going also with the Boilermakers. Just got to pick the home team on this one. I I don't believe in TCU quite yet. I thought that might be one where we differed. This one will not be one we differ. Oklahoma, 91%. Over UCLA with the Boneheads. This is 7 p.m. on Fox, the number five Sooners. I think this might be a game that I don't know if Chip Kelly gets fired, but they'll start talking about it after this game. The Chip Kelly experiment I don't think has gone very well. I've got Boomer Sooner as well, and this next game I think we're going to all be aligned as yep, well. 91%. The Texas Longhorns go into NRG Stadium versus Rice, the number 12 Longhorns. I'm just going to say clean sweep. The next one. You could get a little crazy. Pac-12 after dark. Crazy things happen. Points will be had. 9.30 ESPN Tech at Arizona. Boneheads are choosing Texas Tech in their first real test of the year. I, too, am going Texas Tech, but 70% is a high confidence by the Boneheads. It's a clean sweep. Arizona's got one of the worst defenses in the country. They're like 125. still, 70% seems high. It is high, but... You know, look, based on what we've seen, I think it's fair to pick Tech here. All right. The next one, again, one higher than I thought it would be. 77% of the Boneheads are going with number nine, Florida, 6 p.m. on ESPN, going to Mark Stoops' Kentucky team. Uh, Mark Stoops, I, I, I'm definitely not choosing them, but he has gotten Kentucky to a point where I didn't think Kentucky – truly belongs i don't like them being as good as they are i don't either and um this was a tricky one for me i'm going with florida but i you know it's kind of a toss-up in my head i wouldn't be surprised if kentucky pulled it off watching florida earlier in the year and granted that was game one basically of college football they looked awful so i don't know but i do have the gators all right september 14th 6 30 acc network florida state going to number 25 virginia I'm going with Virginia. Bonehead, 69% Virginia. Clean but here's, here's the thing. If this – Florida State has talent. If they can bounce back and kind of find their swagger again, I, they might be a little bit more disruptive in uh, the ACC than folks want to believe. Otherwise, Willie Taggart might be uh, – might be. Is it, wait, is it Willie Taggart? I have no idea. I have no – are you talking about Florida State's quarterback? Yeah. No, head coach. Oh, head coach? Oh, uh, isn't it? Oh, no, he's at A&M now, duh. Yeah, because I think or yes. Cause he, I'll come back Willie to Willie Taggart went from, I think, Oregon to Florida State, I think. I don't know. I only host a college football. Well, not it's a K-State podcast. I don't need to know shit about West Virginia. <laughs> uh, another one. So, Stanford going to number 17, U, uh, UCF. Bonehead, 63% UCF. I'm going with UCF, but I'm tired of them. This is 230 on ESPN. I would love it if Stanford could kick their ass, but I picked them to beat USC, and 
they ended up losing by like 24 points, so they I don't think it's going to yeah, happen. They did not look very good on Saturday night. I've got uh, the Golden Knights. All right. The, also, uh, you're right. It is Willie Taggart. All right. I feel a little bit better. Uh, Saturday, it's still Saturday, 14, 3 p.m. on Fox. Arizona State going to Michigan State. 84% on the number 18 Spartans. I'm going Sparty. You're probably going Sparty. Sparty, clean sweep. Um, I'd like to see Herm pull off the upset, but, yeah, I don't think it'll happen. Uh, on the NFL Network, which I love that they have started picking up some college football games, 2.30, shout-out to David, our uh, Roadrunner buddy, Army going to see UTSA. 84% Army. Almost pulled off the upset versus Michigan. I'm also going Army. But anytime I'm struggling to find 15 games, I'm throwing UTSA in there just for the hell of it. Hope you're doing well, David. David's going to be sad after this one. Army big. All right. Pac-12 Network. Hawaii at Washington. So it's at stupid 6.30 p.m. on Pac-12 Network. Uh, The number 21 Huskies. Uh, Bonehead's choosing Washington. I forgot to put a percentage down there. I'm choosing Washington. This is what I'm going to say, though. Bet the over. Hawaii likes to score points. Washington, I don't think, is going to shut them down. Um, There's going to be points to be had. I've got Washington as well. All right, here we go for the first time ever. ESPN College Game Day Game of the Week, even though it's on Fox Sports 1 at 3 p.m., College Game Day is going to see the number 19 Iowa Hawkeyes at the unranked 1-0, but only by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin, Charlie Brown motherfucking <laughs> Iowa State Cyclones. The Boneheads are at 81% Iowa. At one point, yeah. it was unanimous. I know. Like I was. I 80%, wanted it. Like 80 votes in, it was unanimous. I know. I was hoping uh, that it would just, they would stick with, that would have been such a great bid if it was yeah, 100% yeah, the Iowa at the very one. first um, I don't know how we haven't had 100 yet, I mean, with some of these early matchups. But, but I don't think it ever will happen. Surely there's got to be a there's got to be a better game than this dump. But, I mean, there is. I mean, I looked through it. I mean, look at some of the crap I had to throw on here to hit 15 games. Yeah, that's true. So who you got? I think I know. I'm going with the Hawkeyes, <laughs> man, of course. I've got the Hawkeyes as well in a hilarious win on the road, first time. First time in history for Iowa State that they're on college game day, and it is not going to go the way they want it to. No, it won't. And then finally, the game you all have been waiting for. This will be following the shit show that will be game day on Ames on ESPN, 11 a.m. Thank God, because I'm going to my cousin Michael's wedding instead of the actual game. Shout out, Michael. Uh, I know there's at least one bonehead who actually is in the wedding party of that wedding. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to him. I'm going to have a boss's boys koozie at the reception. I hope you do too. The boneheads 74% going with K state. Um, love it. Pick it with their heart. I I love it too. Uh, this is a game last year that I switched at one point, you know, I was saying Mississippi state, but I let my emotions get the best of me. Uh, so I'm going with Mississippi State this year, and I'm not coming off of it. I'm saying 31-28. I think it's going to be one of those heartbreaking, heart-wrenching games where Mississippi State just pulls it off at the end, but we come away. No moral victories. Hashtag no moral victories, but we are going to be happy with the fight they put up versus the what we saw last year. Um, 
What say you, my co-host? Against my better judgment. Yes. I am flipping to the cats. Hell yeah. I had Mississippi State written down. And I told myself I wouldn't do this this year, but I'm going with my heart. Coach Kleinman has me so bought in to the, his vision and the direction of this program. Skyler has me believing he can get this done. It's going to be in the trenches, the difference of this game. And I think we're going to get we're, we're going to do just enough to well, win on the road and the buy-in nationwide purple nationwide is going to be astronomical after this weekend. This is all I'm going to say and I'm going to leave it at that and we'll move to the sign off. But in the two weeks we've been doing this, there's only been two times. Actually, there's been three times that I have gone against you and the Boneheads together. In all three times, I've come out a loser. I'm just going to leave it at that. Thank you to our sponsors, my bookie, Alma Creamery, and Blue Chew. I was just going to say we love you guys. You gave me a weird look. Um, let's have fun. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I want to lose the pick'em. Yeah, I hope you're wrong too, and that would be. I don't think you're going to have any hard feelings being wrong on that one. So, yes, thanks to our sponsors, guys. We love you. Um, go Cats. Meet me at the Cathead. Sports Social Podcast Network.